Welcome to another episode of the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Humphrey, and our mission is to help you maximize your training through a blend of science and practicability. So let's get going. All right. Hey, how you guys doing? This is Luke, and today we're going to talk a little bit about, well, something personal for me. Uh, I think it'll, it'll uh, well, it'll put some stuff out there for me, but it'll also help you, I think, and uh, just kind of reflecting on uh, a little bit of 2020. I'm not going to go too deep into it because I think that uh, you all have gone through the same thing. So there's not, I don't think there's a need for me to uh, rehash for, for myself. But uh, um, but I think what I'm going to talk about today will be useful for all of us moving forward, even though I am personally optimistic about 2021, uh, but I'm also realistic. And I think that uh, the first half of 2021 uh, definitely is going to not be what it was, but uh, definitely the remnants of what was in 2020. So, uh, you know, right now, you know, ultimately what I want to talk about today is the big picture goals uh, because, you know, 2020 was messed up for all of us and um, it, it affected us all in terms of, um, you know, just talking today about running. It definitely affected. Uh, some of our goals, some outcomes of goals and things like that. But I think moving forward, we all have things we still want to accomplish, right? And so even if, you know, the first half of 2021 isn't ideal, uh, there is still the need to make sure that we're making progress towards our 2022 and 2023 goals, you know, things like that. So that's really what I want to get, what I want to get into. And so, um, you know, what, you know, during this time uh, of, of uncertainty, it can be tough to have a plan. Many of us have been training a, a little bit aimlessly. Uh, I definitely uh, had been, and, and it's hard, but I get, you know, it's hard to have a plan when there isn't a definite endpoint to that plan. Um, and I think I, I go, I go to, um, my, my athletes of spring and the, the, the folks that were in our, our Boston group. And, you know, we thought Boston, you know, first we knew, uh, well, first, you know, first part of April, we weren't even really sure how bad this was. And then, you know, I, the writing was on the wall and then we still had hope for September to happen, but we knew by, you know, the first part of August that, that probably wasn't going to happen. So we had a lot of people who started and stopped and then ultimately got canceled on. So it's tough, right? And so do you really want to go through that again? Do you want to uh, try to make a big push for a race that might be 50-50, if that, if it even goes on? But, uh, you know, I think uh, I think we have to look beyond that and uh, make sure that we still have our big picture goals in mind. And I think that that can help us stay motivated right now. So today I want to give you really a 30,000 foot view of training and work it down to, uh, you know, smaller, much smaller chunks. And that way, even despite the uncertainty now, we can ensure that we are still making progress towards our long-term goals. And so I mentioned it, but admittedly my 2020 was uh, haphazard as many of you experienced as well. Uh, I ran the Houston Marathon in late January. This was my last ditch effort to try to qualify for one more Olympic trials. Um, you know, and so I, I did that, uh, yeah, mid to late January. And then, uh, you know what, I, it was pretty crazy. So just sidetrack here, you know, I flew out to Houston 
by myself. Mike Morgan was going to run with me, Coach Mike, uh, but he was having some issues, some health issues, and so he stayed behind and then uh, went out, ran Houston, uh, and I was just tired, right? I was just tired, but um, I'd been chasing the standard for quite some time, and I just I'd put all my eggs into a lot of, well it's pretty it's broken a lot of eggs against the wall i guess you could say because i've tr- been trying a lot just hadn't worked out um uh, but anyway so i ran houston i came home and you know i was fine but my daughter uh who was seven at the time got really sick it was the most sick i've ever seen her and uh, had a fever went away had a fever went away it was like that for like a week and a half um, and just the most knocked out I'd ever seen seen her like just no life in her at all um, and just slept for hours and hours and hours throughout the day and did that off and on for like I said a week and a half and then my wife got sick not as bad but she got sick and so I'm just wondering because you know you're thinking I went to a, I went to a city where there was a lot of people from all over the world uh, and uh, you just wonder what uh, um, what had happened, and then we'd actually got they'd actually got an antibody test for something else, and then they, they did have the antibody. So pretty sure that uh, I, I was a super spreader from my house, but um, but you know we didn't know at the time. It was this was mid January, so nobody really knew. Um, and then uh, but anyway, so that's what it. So I ended up taking a break from that, and then uh, uh, you know like I like you. Uh, I, I, I thought that I was going to get a lot more inside. I had some plans for 2020, uh, after a break. And I thought, ah, oh, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. And I still thought that even in the fall, I'd get, I'd get some races in, but it was definitely not to, not to be. So, um, essentially like many of you, there was a lot of starting and stopping, um, kind of wait and see what happens. So I was running, but I wasn't necessarily training. And I was explaining that to uh, my aunt uh, over Thanksgiving that, uh, you know, that there's a big difference between the two, right? Like I can run every day and I can do some workouts, but, you know, that might put me at 85% of what I would like to be at for a race. So, but anyway, uh, but in- anyway, I committed to two 5Ks. And if you follow me on the on the gram or social media, I shared those. One, I actually did find a race. It was around Halloween here locally. Um, and it was done in waves. It was like capped at 70 people per wave. Uh, and it was kind of on a closed course by, uh, they do a lot of uh, concerts there. And it was kind of cross country style, which was interesting. I, I didn't know what to expect, um, but it went okay. Uh, and I was second and, uh, and I ran, I thought I ran okay. It was interesting because I, I hadn't raced in a long, long time. So it was definitely a rust buster. And then right before thanksgiving uh my workout buddy alex wilson uh helped me with a time trial went to the track and he did a 600 workout and he paced me um basically i went for the first 400 myself and then he jumped in every uh others he did 600 with me uh and then he would recover while i did the next 400 he would jump in for the next 600 and that's how we did it so he ended up ended up finishing with me uh it was a huge help but um, you know, it was what it was. It wasn't a race. It wasn't super exciting. It was just really kind of more of another workout. But, uh, um, 
but we did it. We did it, you know. And, and but that's the thing, like we, a lot of you are in the same thing. Like we just kind of did things. We're killing time, and we're trying to trying to keep our head sane, heads insane, heads sane, not insane, uh, and, and move. You know, just try to get through the year. But um, so I would definitely say that I was more treading water than than training for sure. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, I did. I think I think that time trial definitely helped me. Uh, you know, I, I had kind of a goal, a kind of a loose goal uh, of breaking 15 minutes in the 5K. And on one hand, 15, 20, I wasn't, it's close, but it's not really that close. Um, I think maybe if Alex was in shape and could have ran the whole thing with me, we probably could have been 15, 10. Um, you know, and that's not a knock on Alex at all by any stretch of imagination. That was just me wishful thinking. Um, you know, and I, like I said, probably like 80 to 85% of the training, what I really wanted to do. And, you know, but again, that's one of those things, well, oh, it's, it's 2020, whatever, you know, and I didn't really have anything written down and I didn't have anything out there, like an actual goal, no account accountability for myself or anything like that. And um, so I think, you know, it was 1520 was close with doing the bare minimum. And I do think that if I were actually to get my rear end in gear, I could definitely do it. I definitely think I could break 15 minutes. I think I could be, you know, in the 1440s, something like that. I definitely, definitely think I could. Um, and so this post is a culmination of that realization that if I if I have, I have that goal, uh, I can, I can do it. Right. I just got to put it out there, and I got to have, I got to not even have the 2021 goals, but I got to have the 2022 goals. And really something long-term that'll put me into focus now that I have to remind myself every day that, okay, this might not help you now, but it's going to help you when it needs to, when things are really back to normal and you're able to really get kind of back on to what your long-term goals are. So ultimately what you don't want to see is a stagnation now because you can't race and then be set back even more. So what you were originally planned to do in, you know, three or four years now that's set back again because we didn't make any progress towards those goals now. And that's what we really want to, to be careful of. All right, so to preface this, I turned 40 in, the, in April of 2021. And so that's essentially an opening for me to a whole new career for the next few years as a competitive master's runner. Um, I know people who turned 40 and made more money <laughs> as a master's than they did in the open division. So, you know. Uh, maybe, maybe that'd be nice. Make a little, make a little extra cash. Uh, but ultimately, I have, I have, you know, bigger goals than that. And and uh, uh, I have feelings. I have some feelings about uh, how long we can be competitive, and maybe even improve into our forties. So it's, I really want to put those thoughts into practice for myself, and I want to test to see where I could, where I can be at 40, 41, 42, uh, and just see where I'm at. You know, because I feel like. Uh, in my career, I did a lot of things well, but I didn't do a lot of things well too. And now that I know those mistakes, can I fix those enough to see uh, sustainable um, gain or at least maintenance, maybe even get back to close to where I was um, maybe five, six, seven years ago? That'd be, that's a pretty interesting thing. I, I think there's some, some merit there, but, um, you know, and I've been pretty blessed to have a schedule where I can train hard and recover and still work so um it'd be pretty i'm pretty excited for that but ultimately the big picture goal for me is to qualify for the olympic trials one more time 
uh, and I would be, so I'd be like 44, 43 or 44 at the next trials, um, which would be pretty cool. I think that would put me in pretty rarefied, rarefied air, and it'd be pretty cool to see. Um, and it's a fun goal for me. And like I said, I'm blessed with time to train hard and I've, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that situation. Uh, so for the next, so the next question then is where do we go from here? And unfortunately, uh, what many of us simply answer with is we just want to train harder, right? So like if that's your goal, say if you're a, if you're a, a four hour marathoner and you need to run 340 to qualify for Boston and you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you don't hit that goal, a lot of times what I see is people just say, well, I've got to do more, but do more of what, you know? And that's the thing, like they say, well, I got to run more miles or I've got to just run faster workouts. And, uh, that may or may not be true. Um, and so, uh, I don't want to necessarily go deep into that, but I want to go more into how we can map these things out, mapping a timeline out to, to allow you the time to hit those goals. So, so when you start small, you have what's called a micro cycle, and that's typically your weekly schedule, seven day cycle, um, you know, Monday to Sunday or Sunday to Saturday, whatever, whatever you like. Um, you know, it's weird. I always go Monday to Sunday, but I realize that the week starts on Sunday. So I, I don't know. I'm weird. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just old habit, I guess. Uh, but something that has been, that we've been doing for a long time and Kevin and Keith have been doing for a long time with, with, uh, the elite team, uh, and it's starting to gain popularity. And I think more people are recognizing the benefits of it. And that's extending that out to a 10 to 14 day cycle. I think a 14 day cycle can get a little bit long, but a 10 day cycle works out really, really well for a lot of people. I do like a 14 day cycle for what I call the alternator, where it's basically, you know, two workouts, one week, three, the next, and we alternate what, when we do those. Um, but anyway, 10 to 14 days has gained a lot of popularity. And I, I find a lot of advantage in this uh, as I feel like we try to cram in a lot over seven days. And especially with the people I work with who are, uh, they work, you know, 40 plus hours a week or they're stay at home moms or, you know, both, or, you know, <laughs> they're, they're trying to run a home business and trying to homeschool their kids or whatever the case is, but people are busy, but they want to train hard too. Um, but you've got to balance everything out. And I think trying to fit everything into a seven day cycle for those people oftentimes just does more harm than good if they can't recover from that. We can still get to cumulative fatigue in a 10 to 14 day cycle because we have all those other outside stresses that are affecting how well we recover. But uh, regardless of microcycle, you're looking at seven to 14 days and we try to get, you know, uh, a long run every once one to two weeks in and we try to get uh, a couple workouts a week in um, and that might be the long run might be part of that it might not be part of that but um, but the key here is that no single workout in this cycle is going to provide a significant increase in fitness it's not like you're going to do a tempo run on Thursday and feel that by Friday or Saturday right that's not that's not what's going to happen you're probably actually going to feel worse Friday and Saturday um, but a bunch of them done consistently that promotes the specific adaptations that we are training for, which would put us into the next category of cycles. And that would be the mesocycle. And the mesocycle is four to eight weeks. And so the microcycles don't individually increase fitness. A bunch of them added up will increase fitness. And so you can kind of look at that as this is your specific block. You're trying to do a bunch of work in this block 
that's going to elicit specific results and adaptations. So if you follow the Hadson's Marathon method, you will see these, you know, something loosely as the base speed strength blocks and how long, you know, so like if you do the beginner plan, you have four weeks of just base, right? You're not doing really any workouts. You're just doing focusing mostly on building your mileage through easy running. And then you move into the speed block, which is, you know, eight, you know, six to eight weeks, depending on the schedule you're following. And then you switch over to the strength block, which is more race specific. Uh, but how long you make these depends on uh, some different factors. So, but in general, I would say if you're doing lower mileage or on a longer micro cycle, like a 10 to 14 day micro cycle, then you'll probably want to make the mesocycle a little bit longer. So for example, if you do a tempo run every week, then if you were doing six weeks on a seven day cycle, you'd get six tempos in, right? If you do, if you go a 10 day cycle, then you're going to get about four in, right? So you're getting in um, about 30% uh, less if, if you're spacing that out. So in order to make that up, we'd probably want to extend that out to eight weeks and you're going to be a lot closer to that six specific workouts. Um, and it's not, it's not that six is the magic number. It's just to show you that you want to get a certain number of workouts in to see reasonable adaptation. And if you do one every week, you're probably going to get to that adaptation a little bit quicker than if you're spacing it out to every 10 days because you're just not doing as much of the work, right? So in the, the, to combat that, we have to make the mesocycle a little bit longer. The flip side is if you go the shorter meso, the mesocycle and you're going on a seven-day microcycle, then you run the risk of not recovering and then being overtrained, right? So there's checks and balances to each one. There's pros and cons to each one, and that's what you have to kind of weigh out what works best for you. Um, but I, I just find that, you know, if we're trying to do those things week in and week out and you're also having all these other commitments, sometimes you just run into problems where if you just spaced it out and spaced the, the mesocycle out, you could still get the quality in and still get the recovery too and you'd feel a lot, a lot better. But that's for another another time. All right. All right. So microcycle, 7 to 14 days. A mesocycle is several of those added on to each other so four to eight weeks worth of that but if you're doing a 10 day and then and then if you're doing a shorter micro cycle the mesocycle can probably be a little bit longer or shorter and then if you're doing a 10 to 14 day um, micro cycle then you probably want to extend that meso out a little bit to get that quality in all right and so stacking a few mesocycles gets you to what we call the macro cycle and this would be the summation of your training plan or race. So if you do say a two week base, which I know we said four to uh, four weeks, but just assume a two week base, you just came off of a schedule, you do two week base, six weeks of speed, six weeks of tempo, and then uh, two weeks of taper, there, there's your macro cycle. Uh, the only issue is that macro cycles are typically defined uh, as a 12 to 24 week block of time, but it can also include big time frames like one to four years and it, it depends on the cycle of training so for example uh, an olympic cycle is every four years so we kind of worked on that. that's what i always worked on as as a professional we worked on a four-year cycle surrounding the olympic trials and the olympic games and then we worked back from there but your age your age group goals might be on a four to five year cycle and then working with my athletes, I try to get them to at least think about two to three year blocks so we can kind of put a plan together uh, to where ultimately we want to be. They have immediate goals, but we try to look beyond that too and work back 
and see how well those fit together. Because there's a lot of times where, you know, they want to run a time, but in reality, they're just not ready for it and they're not going to be ready in 14 weeks. But if we take a year, we can be at that point. We can be at that point. And so sometimes you have to do some some uh, coaxing into um, that that longer outlook on things. But, you know, I, I, was, I was joking around here, but like maybe we need another term here as a mega cycle to be like a one to a one to four year uh, cycle that you want to fit all your big picture goals into. But uh, but going back to my my big picture goal, the reality is that this is probably a two year goal for me. So in two years, I hope that bigger races are recur- occurring again. The trials qualifying window will be open. And if I don't hit it, then I still would basically have another year and a half to re- hit the reset button and go after it one more time. And that was the big mistake I made going into 2020 is I basically spent four years with that as my one goal. And I, I ran a lot of marathons in a short amount of time. And ultimately, I think it did more harm than good. And if I would have hit the reset button about a year out, a year and a half out, I think I, I think I could have refreshed, done some things that were different, and then come back and run the marathon. I think I would have been in a much, much better position. But going back to this timeline, let's say by the end of 2022, I want to be able to hit a qualifying time for the Olympic trials. So that's what that's really going to my end point's really going to be my starting point for this, mapping this out. And that means we need to work back from from that end of 2022. And so in this case, working back, I would start a marathon segment in September of 2022. So September to end of the year, training for a marathon. So that means what do I where what makes sense over the summer then? So over the summer, I could do a half marathon segment, and that would really help develop to me my lactate threshold help work on some speed, running on doing some things that I don't necessarily do well at, but it would help me immensely for the marathon. And I can do that before the marathon cycle. So I get that out of the way. And then I come back to something that I really enjoy, which is the marathon itself. And that would, that would be beneficial for me. And this would back this, this time frame puts me back into June of 2022. And then, so from March to June, in Michigan, that's really five prime 5K racing season. So it would make sense for me leading into a half marathon segment too. So I could do a speed segment, then go into more of like a, a lactate threshold type of segment where I really focus on those that big volume at very uncomfortable paces. But it's also ultimately going to all help me out for the winter marathon of 2022. All right. So that's what I would do. So we're looking at from uh, March to June, speed. June to say August, end of August, half marathon, and then downtime, come back, marathon, end of the end of 2022. So to close out from 2022, uh, say March back, I am in the middle of Michigan winters. So uh, January and February are terrible for me for winter running in Michigan. Um, so to me, that makes most sense of. Um, really doing a good base segment, really just focusing on focusing on volume and strength and mobility and establishing habits that I can take into when I'm running faster stuff um, and still do workouts, obviously, but I wouldn't, and there's not much to race around at time. Um, and I just know that I probably wouldn't be doing any traveling then either. So it would just make sense for me to stay home work on my base, work on my strength, work on my mobility, and set the stage 
for the whole entire year of 2022. So just like that, 2022 is pretty much planned. And now I have to go work it back to the beginning of 2021. And since at the time of writing this, I'm doing it. So I'm writing, I'm writing this December 2020. Uh, and so I haven't done a marathon. I will not have done a marathon for about a year. I would have been in marathon training right now a year ago for Houston. Um, and so uh, that's, a, that's a while. So it's, a good, it's enough time to say, hey, I can step back and do another marathon. So I think what I would do is uh, come back right now. Right now, I don't have much. Okay, so going back from 2021, end of 2021. Uh, so I might do uh, something like Cal, Cal International, which is in December, or Houston again in early January. Uh, Michigan is pretty solid until the end of December to train in. Like I said, so January and February are really the worst two months. Um, but Houston's mid-January, so by that time you're tapering the last two weeks anyway, so it's fine. So the wheels don't really fall off until January, but at the timing of it, I would be okay because I'd just be tapering anyway. Um, so that means I'd be training basically uh, October 2021 through either December Jan December 2021 or January 2022. And so that just makes perfect sense to, to train for that then. And then back from there, do a half marathon um, in October, which would mean my training would go into from July to October. But October is a prime time. There's a lots of options for fast half marathons. I haven't done one in a long time. It'd be a perfect opportunity for me to do something. And let's say if I want to run, if I have to run, say, under 219 in the marathon, then I need to be comfortable at 106, 107 for a half marathon to have a chance at the full marathon. So all of this is really kind of leading into each other, setting me, setting myself up for that. All right, so from July 2021 back, um, I would say that I would like to get back to doing, uh, what would I like to do? I don't know what I'd like to do. I want to break 15 minutes in the 5K. And I'm going to be 40, like I said, be 40 in April. So I, I would do that more in the spring of 2021. So next, this coming up. Um, and since I'm I am close and local 5Ks have a better chance of going off in the spring, I can put my eggs into that basket. So that gives me June, July to really attempt this. But actually, I've got to modify this right now because I've done some thinking since I was writing this out and then recording. So if indoor season goes off, I'm going to try to run a 5K on the track in February, but I'm going to try to attempt it to do differently. I am going to, I just came off a speed segment and I'm going to get my mileage back up and I'm going to still do the speed, but I'm going to focus on strength as well because I have the speed so I can just do a little bit of speed and have it tip top. But if I do the strength, I can work on a weakness that I need to be working on and I can do that. So I'm, my new plan, I think, is to go February 5K. And if not, no big deal. It's not that not the end of the world. And then March through May, I'm going to train for a marathon. And I'm going to probably do Bayshore and Traverse City. They're trying to go. We'll see. So the big thing is from now, I would say until and that's in May. And that's the end of May. So I think now that that's definitely got to be in pencil. That's that part of the schedule has got to be in pencil, right? Because a lot of uncertainty still. The vaccines are coming out, but you know it's going to take a while for everything to get rolling again. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then 
as you saw there. So if I go to May, do a, I go February, do a 5K, May, do a marathon, and then it's basically fitting to what I need the rest of the way. But that's really what I want you to guys look at. Okay, so if you want to qualify for Boston in three years, how does that work from a calendar standpoint? What can I, how can I approach that? And I really want you to get away from saying, well, I'm gonna run a marathon here, 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 here. And we're just gonna keep banging our head against the wall and see if one time we hit, hit one out of the park. No, we can back this up and look at where does it make the most sense to approach those marathons? What can I work on at different times of the year and still make progress to getting into that speed? So we've got, so for me, that's that's my next two years, right? That's, you know, it's, and like I said, that's probably in pencil a little bit, but we got some, you know, that's fine. We've got a good, we've got a good outline and then we can, then we can go from there. But, um, you know, I think that uh, that's where I would be at. And, you know, now that for me, there's a good time to hit the reset button, uh, get back to doing some of the things that I need to do. And now that I have time to do it again, uh, it should be something I should be able to establish those ha those habits. But there you go. I mean, strictly from a, a calendar standpoint, that's two years of my, my mega goal in two years. Uh, and I'll get a couple chances to test where I'm at in the marathon, but it won't be the entire focus. Everything else I'm doing is going to lead into another aspect of training, and it's going to uh, hopefully keep propelling me into a new level of fitness and really kind of back to some of the fitness that I was at uh, previously. But uh, um, I think the, some things I would like you to notice though is I'm always going to be working on other aspects of my running. I won't completely abandon shorter races. I might not like it, but it will help me preserve my speed and my overall ability. And everything that I laid out has a purpose for my big goal. And that's a big thing, right? Because if we're, if we're not having a purpose for our runs now, it's hard to stay motivated. It's easy to talk yourself out of doing it because there's no, there's no incentive really, right? Um, but, uh, you, know, you know, like I said, everything has a purpose and it's, and it's practical. So mainly it's what fits around me. It, marathon, for me, marathon training in the summer is pretty brutal. So I'm optimizing that, tra that, time, that time frame. You know, if somebody's in South Florida, does it make sense for you to train for a marathon in July and August? Yeah, I don't know, you know. Uh, plus, for me, it's summer vacation time. So, you know, uh, doing a segment that's going to have less miles is, in a shorter race segment will allow me to train without having to sacrifice family time. And if we want to go away for the weekend, I won't feel guilty about it, you know, and, it, and I can still get, it's, I'm a, there's a lot better chance for me to get that work in than if I was marathon training. Because marathon training, I tend to zero in on and I'm all in on that. And then really that's not fair for everybody else in my family. So there's a little bit of that going on as well. And then secondly, you know, you have January and February, it's a tough going in Michigan. So I optimize what's practical to make those months successful too, right? So if, like, if you're trying to do a speed segment and there's a foot of snow on the ground or there's ice on the, on the sidewalks, are you going to be really that motivated to do it? Yeah, I don't know. You know, so um, find something that you can get motivated for, and it's going to be practical, but it's also going to help propel you towards those long-term goals. And lastly, while we're still in a time of uncertainty, there's wiggle room here. The next several months are definitely in, written in pencil, like I said, but it's it's written down. You know, and for for me, it's vocal now. Like I've announced it to everybody what I want to do. Um, and it's, it's the plan, but 
you know, it's a flexible plan too. If, it, if the things get screwed up, it doesn't mean the end goal is out of the question. It means I reassess and decide what makes sense at that point. But having that big term plan, I think is, is ultimately going to help you stay motivated more now because it allows you to say, well, why am I doing this? Like, oh yeah, that's why I'm doing this, you know? Um, but that's really the big picture view, and it's broken, you know, kind of breaking, breaking up into cycles. Um, I know I didn't get too much into the micro cycle part of it, but uh, I really wanted to focus more on the, the macro cycles. And if you break those up, then I think for you guys, it's it's easier to do the training, the actual training plans. You have so many options, either using the book, or using one of my plans, anything. Are you uh, utilizing a coach? And that's when you figure out what you want to do for that. So if I were you, the only thing I'd really think about is, you know, if you're on a seven-day cycle, if you want to go into a 10 to 14-day cycle. But um, we could talk about that at, at a later time. But I really wanted to see, like, how how two, three years can get broken up pretty easily and uh, and be assessed out and see where you really want to be. But, uh, um, you know, basically, you see what that big-term goal is. For me, it's a two-year window. Um, for you, it might be a two-year window. It might be a four-year window but you work backwards and we can stay focused on that long-term plan with some intermediate benchmarks. So some things that get me excited are the other marathons that I'll be able to run and see if, see if I'm like, if I'm at 222 in May, then I really feel pretty confident that I can get another two minutes back off of that in another year. Uh, you know, so I feel pretty good. But if I run, if I train really hard and I run 227, I'll be like, eh, I might have to reassess a little bit, but it, and that, but that's the beauty of it. You're far enough out. You can reassess, right? Uh, in turn, I think that all helps you stay motivated in the short term. And when plans, uh, when plans are penciled, you know that uh, you you have the plan, and having that plan is good. But I think it allows you to just kind of be flexible with it too. But I think the biggest part of that is writing that plan down and having it out there, right? Uh, but in. Uh, Knowing that you are what you're doing today will have a big impact on that big goal, and I think that's big. And that's where I lost my ways. I didn't have that plan written down. I didn't have that plan vocalized. I had it in my head, but that wasn't good enough. And so I really, I ran. I ran because that's what I do. I've been doing it for so long. I didn't have to be reminded to run. I did workouts because I've done it for so long. But were they always the right workouts? Were they always what I needed? I don't know. Probably not. And they were definitely weren't at the right frequency and I definitely didn't I don't think I pushed myself as much and so I think that would have been a big help for me to stay motivated right and then um you know because I had Al there Al to help me um with the race and stuff so I, it, there was a lot of excuses because I didn't have the actual plan you know and I, it was easy to get it was easy to get lazy and so that was the mistake I don't want to make as we go into 2021 uh, big thing is you just have to remind yourself constantly what that big goal is and that's when you maybe write it down. Put a note on your mirror. Put a note on your uh, dashboard. Whatever the case is, if you journal, write that down every day as a reminder. Um, but uh, uh, whatever you do, have that plan. Have it. Have it at least written out so that you can take a look at it often, and you can keep at it. And that's the biggest thing for me. Having that checklist to mark off every day uh, is a big help. But Having those calendar days filled with uh, missions to accomplish, as I like to say, those are my, my checklist is my mission for the day. If I can get that done, it's a good day. And progress can be measured. And just overall, I just found out that the hard way, found out the hard way that having a plan just in your head 
is easily changed through internal bargaining and compromise. So just remember that. You don't want to necessarily do that. Uh, but anyway, here's a, here's to a race filled 2021. Uh, I think it will be, uh, it might look a little different for a little while, but I am very confident we will be back to some, some good racing. We're already starting to see it trickle in. But um, at the end of the day, think about those long-term goals and break them up how you're going to get to it um, over these over these next two years. Uh, and if you're like me and you think you're set back a little bit, not the end of the world, but now's the time to make the plan. And since we're closing out the end of the year, it's a good time to make those plans for the time coming up anyway. Um, start off the new year on the right foot. So that's it for today, guys. Uh, if, you, if you are so inclined uh, and you want a training consultation to, to work this out specifically for yourself, you can definitely do that. You can find training consultations on my website, www.lukehumphreyrunning.com. Um, and then if they're not readily visible, just search for training consultations, and there's a couple options out there for you. But uh, it definitely could help talking to a coach. It doesn't even have to be me. It could be one of the other coaches, Melissa or Mike or Josh, and they can definitely work with you as well and just kind of put – Put that map out there, right, and kind of see where you're at, what you, how much you need to improve, what our time frame is, uh, and all that good stuff, and, and actually put a plan down. It might be, might be something to, to think about. So in any case, I appreciate you guys listening. And now that I have my goals out there, I can't, I can't run from them. I got I to gotta stick to them. So have a great week and have a great uh, start to uh, December, and we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast with your host, Luke Humphrey. If you like our show and want to learn more, please visit us at www.lukehumphreyrunning.com for blogs, podcasts, coaching, and training options. See you next time.